You made me look bad, and that's not good. I'm not paying you to sit around here on your arse smoking. No, boss. You made me look bad, and that's not good. Meet me tomorrow by the Seven Oaks. Why? Because I'm going to walk with you. <laughs> Why would I want to walk with you, old man? Your father said that the first time I met him. What do you know about my father? Okay, this is, uh, what are we calling it now? <laughs> Anal devastation. Jeez. <laughs> I think that might be a slight... Uh, that might be a step too far. <laughs> Why? Because it's a shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Off the Wagon Reviews, and we're talking about Fatal Deviation. Mm. Uh, Fatal Deviation is I su- probably the first Irish martial arts movie. The only. Is it? Is it re- have, we, have you looked the that only, up? The only feature-length Irish martial arts movie. The only feature-length Irish martial arts movie. It's from 1998. Yeah. yeah. Classic there, year. Is there anyone famous in, that movie, in this movie? Mikey Graham. Who's Mikey Graham, Ali? Okay, and the movie he's quoted as, or he's uh, credited as, uh, from the rock group boy zone, Mikey Graham. <laughs> Lots of spaces there. <laughs> there is, that's, that's what they put in the thing, man. Okay, we should probably introduce ourselves too. I'm Kean. I'm Ali. I'm Tom. Yeah, glad to have you guys on board. I've recorded with Ali before, but this is the first time I've recorded with him in the same room. Why? Because usually he's coming via Skype from Sunny. East, East London. Safe <laughs> <laughs> East, mate. Do you guys have any background or history with this movie? Is this the first time you've seen it? Uh, this is the th- second time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came across it after, um, you know, drunkenly going through YouTube and somehow it came up and somehow I sat through the whole hour and 16 minutes of this terrible, terrible movie. And you'd ne- was that just by chance you'd never heard of it? Yeah, not heard of it, mm-hmm. no. No. I've seen it twice and I'm still alive, so that <laughs> keeps me interested. How did you come across seeing it the first time? Is it because of Ali? Ali forced me to watch it both times. (laughs) (laughs) What? Come on, man. (laughs) I independently came across this movie absolute years ago. Do you remember on RTE, on Irish television, there used to be a show called The Blizzard of Odd? Yes, Colin Colin Murphy. Murphy. He was a comedian from Northern Ireland and he had a very dry sense of humour. And he did segments where he... Oh, you might hear the dog coming in here. Yes, that sound is my dog tapping around the room and... She also sat through anal devastation. Yes. But I was at, that was at the vet recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, he used to have a segment on that show where he would preview like bad movies that were made in Ireland, especially. And I remember him showing... Uh, I nearly said it. <laughs> I nearly said it wrong. I remember him showing Fatal Deviation. <laughs> and he just, yeah, he just made fun of the fact that your man from Boyzone was in it. And during the, the only bit I really recommend... Rec- remember for sure was the bit where he knocks over he, sh- he punches the bad guy and knocks him through the pyramid of like bog road, bog road yeah, yeah in 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 Londis. in Londis. what's it bog i thought it was purcell bog road? i thought it was uh, yeah bog i thought it was, it was toilet roll yeah and the only other thing i remember him doing was he showed the clip where the girlfriend <laughs> gives him the tart and he did the voiceover <laughs> and he was like I brought you something to remind you of me, a tart. <laughs> yeah, and then she probably leaves. Yeah, so that clip sat in my memory for years, you know, I do remember it. And uh, I, it's probably something I should have seen a long time ago, so I'm glad you made me, Ellie. Oh, actually, just when, when she gives him the tart, right, which clearly comes from Landis, uh, he runs out after her for some inexplicable reason, and when he comes back, these two scoobs are inside waiting for him. 
Like, how Translate do they sneak school in there? for international listeners who may not uh, be aware of what that means. Scumbags, rednecks, Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> These guys would vote for Trump if it wasn't 1998 and they weren't not American. Trump was around in 1998. He was, but they couldn't have, well, they couldn't have, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he would have, like, fired them on his show or something. Oh, they would have loved that. Do you know any background about, like, how this got made or any, anything about the people who made it? Tom. Well, there was this potato once, and they picked it up and started filming with it. Or <laughs> that's how they ended up. <laughs> Three hours later, a glorious filmmaking. That's how, That's where they ended up. That's that is kind of how it looks. Oh, yes, chronic. <laughs> I think we're being a bit cruel, but um, oh, you I'm sure this was someone's dream once, right? Yeah. But you you read somewhere as a high eight or something? They filmed what was the camera? So it was filmed on a Sony high eight, which got destroyed during filming. Oh. And then they brought in a kind of a new director. Who isn't credited in the final credits actually? Really? He's on IMDb and, and stuff. Wikipedia, and yeah. Is it is it Shea, Jay Barrett who's Shea the credited Kesserly. director? Shay Casterly. Shay Casterly. Yeah, James Bennett is he wrote and directed it. Yeah. Is so it, it is the same guy. I've written down Barrett. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Okay, sorry. Wow. <laughs> Good prep. Good prep. <laughs> we apologise. That, that's only that's only the name of the main character in the movie. <laughs> he's named the director's like he, he's James Bennett, and the character's name is Jimmy Bennett. I've also written down in my notes here that he wears tucked in shirts. Okay, so tell me a bit more about the origins of, of Fatal Deviation. Well, from what I read, don't know what you read. Like James Bennett, like funded this movie, and he's actually, uh, you know. He defends it to death on Facebook still. He's, he's actually still, he's still on, online talking about it. Oh, he runs a school in West Los Angeles. Uh, of martial arts. Of martial arts. Kenpo. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right oh. next to Santa, Santa Monica. Oh, yeah. that how, makes me, how can I sign up? <laughs> that makes me really happy to know. I don't know to know that he's because, like you said, the movie yeah. like clearly was a labor of love by a bunch of people who had no money. And nine thousand pounds out, just under nine thousand pounds apparently. Jeez, oh, mm. you know what? Watching the they have bloopers at the end. Watching the bloopers gave me a much better impression of like exactly how much love and effort must have gone into this because when you're watching the movie itself it's not that impressive and like it's really distracting the fact that it looks like it was done on someone's vhs camcorder remember those old ones where the actual vhs like went into the side of the machine or the potatoes tom found out yeah (laughs) (laughs) but there's a there's a big car crash included in the bloopers uh which you know was a was not planned basically and, and half the cast were nearly killed in it but they included it oh. they kept the cameras rolling yeah oh. and that's not the only accident that happened in it like when you when your man gets kicked over the wall he actually almost broke his neck yeah. and you see in the bloopers he says like i'm not doing that again yeah because yeah. none of the actually none of those shots are very impressive in the movie but the bloopers ha- watching that made me think like wow you know they really like totaled the car and this guy was like putting his neck his life in danger but actually no, those things were accidents <laughs> ironically know. given the name of the film if something like that had happened <laughs> yeah. Yeah. deviation. so uh, allow me to fatally deviate from the conversation oh uh, yeah i thought about deviation. that one in the shower earlier <laughs> <laughs> and, and get to the notes so all i've all i've got here is like a list of things that i wrote down like to get us through the plot kind of roughly in order and the first thing i've written down is that it begins with some very 90s default fonts you know, that well, it begins with a tagline first, right? Oh, tell me the tagline. What's the tagline, Tom? The tagline comes up as risingsunproductions.net, which if you go to today, <laughs> has been hotlinked by some sort of random site selling martial arts DVDs and Catholic-themed martial arts DVDs. <laughs> so do check it out if you, if you can be bothered. And, uh, are, you, are you pimping products? On I think well, I can't, hey, I can't, I can't uh, verify how safe it is. But. Relative of James Bennett. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the tagline for this movie is Fatal Deviation, a classic good versus evil action flick. 
mixed with kicks, guns, motorcycles, and a hot babe. The movie had all of those. <laughs> this is an work. IMDb. That's an IMDb, right? That's, that's a tagline. Oh yeah, you were telling me yeah. that the guy still like defends his stuff. He still has an online presence. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he'd like to do a sequel one day. Wow. I know. Will it be happening in Los Angeles or will it be happening in? Oh, Did you ever find out where it was filmed? Trim County Meath. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Trim County Meath, population two. And Londis, <laughs> Londis County Meath. <laughs> yeah. I've written. Uh, this made me think about. I once knew a guy like in school when we were teenagers and some, you know, we used to make movies. I used to really want to make movies as a teenager and I knew this guy who did and I saw his setup once back in like the late 90s and he had two VHSs hooked up to one another and he would like to edit. He would, you're nodding, you may, maybe you've done this. He was like press and play in one and stop on the other and record in one and you know, that was, it was just so primitive. Actually, just have a neck ache, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to work it out. He but was in the Bialton tournament, we'll 90, get to that later. 1998 <laughs> seems so late that that kind of primitivism was still the case, but watching this, like, I, I kind of think that's the level they were at. I think that's the kind of technology they were dealing with. So everything looks Especially like in trim. Well, it your looks old like home they movies make, from... They started making it in 1990, and it took eight years <laughs> to get to that point. <laughs> a, a that, may <laughs> that may not be true. It feels like it should be. It's about as true as your neck ache. It yes. looks more in 1990 than 1998 all right right down to the tucked in shirts oh and the pants up to the eyebrows Mental. so yeah we got a few uh, treasures during the the quote the, the opening credits including the from the rock group boy zone oh god yes have you ever gone back and watched that original performance by boy zone when they were still in their kind of embryonic phase and they were on the late late show <laughs> no and there was like 15 of them Oh, man. I have to say, I haven't deliberately sought that out again. <laughs> I know what you were referring your, to. Your, your life is <laughs> incomplete, my friend. It's only partially complete because you finished Fatal Deviation twice. <laughs> twice. I was making an about... hour before we started this. <laughs> I made him watch it earlier on. <laughs> so I've, I wrote a few things down from the opening scenes. I don't remember why. Maybe you guys can remind me. I wrote picture in the bag. Oh yes. What's that about? Yeah, because this is a very smooth um, scene where he decides to go home and on some vague pretense of finding out what happened to his father even though later in the movie you, you find out that he finds out exactly what happens to his father he sees it as a kid so <laughs> but he decides to go home, home and he takes a picture down and throws it into the bag zips it up and next thing he's, oh, yeah. he's home it was, it was the only thing in the bag yes it looked like the only thing in the bag that's why we put it down like, what the hell's going on yeah. there yeah yeah, and he's in a kind of a he's in like in a farmhouse or something yeah, in like the nineteenth century, home. like yeah. made of stone. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing his his tracksuit, his martial arts tracksuit, but has is his, has his father's name written on the back, doesn't on it? The back of it. Yeah, yeah, I don't he, think he, he breaks into that cottage. I should point out. <laughs> <laughs> the within a, within a minute and a half breaking and entering. <laughs> yeah, in fairness to this guy, he has the guy who made this. He has no pretensions that it's not happening in County Meath. Like at no, no point does he try and pretend like. You know, this is some kind of international slick uh, story. It's like very mead. Like he is, he's in a, an old-fashioned Irish farmhouse made out of... And doing his martial arts there. Rather so than what you're saying is it's a national slick movie? Yeah, I'm not saying it isn't slick. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. I wrote down that someone's coat is too big for him. Yeah, his, his coat. His coat. Yeah, yeah, he's like, walking yeah, around. He actually, his, his proportions, I'm not saying... I mean, he's built and he clearly can do some martial arts, but... His his body proportions are rem, kind of reminded me of Alan Bag from <laughs> from Birdemic. To be fair, whenever, <laughs> also whenever, a strangely built gentleman. Whenever you say about the movie, the martial arts to obviously to be total novice do look like they're real. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Alan Bag. Well, sorry, let me point out his martial arts. 
Not so much the other characters, but... What, not Seagull? You didn't like Seagull's martial arts? What about the druid with the dancing sticks? We'll yes. get to that later, I suppose. So a, a theme tune plays during these opening scenes, and Ali made me write down the name of it. It's called "Happening to You." Yes. And did you ever? Did you found out for sure that that was Mikey Graham? Uh, no, I don't. I think it must have been. Uh, it sounds like him. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. So he picks up a Buddha. Remember that? Yes. Stroking its face. And then he goes to Londis. Like, yeah. Just, I wouldn't call. I don't think product placement is the right term, but like. I think it's refreshing in an Irish made movie that the Catholic Church isn't doesn't have a place in this one. It's Actually, Buddha one of instead. my one of the, my first notes here just says Catholic Church, and I can't remember. Oh, why. it's because he's in uh, Saint Claude's Reform School. Oh, I take, <laughs> I, I take it back. I take it back. Catholic Church runs right through this movie. No, but he so, leaves the boys home, and like, he's clearly about thirty-five. So instead, we get the wonders of. Uh, commercial business product placement where they go to Landis where an important, a crucial early scene is staged where he, he faces off against some tracksuit well, we, we better talk about those two tracksuit guys first. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, their, their skullduggery in a gang is to go in there, steal a trolley, <laughs> yeah. chug, chug some stolen apple, uh, orange juice with each other and juggle some eggs. Which is fine, except they're like 45. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the least threatening looking, the least likely looking thugs. Like, they're very middle-aged looking and kind of bold and kind of non-threatening. Yeah, they're just kind of acting, acting the maggot in Landis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not really gang, gangy type, like kind of like what maybe. They do say rude do. things to the blonde girl working there, however, and that becomes a plot point. And they hassle an old man who then breaks character and kind of looks at the camera like, <laughs> yeah. as they run off after hassling him. I actually, that has reminded me, I remember making a film as a kid with an old black and white camcorder where like one of the guys did that. There was a scene where like some characters were walking past and this one kid just mugged at the camera like that and ruined my shot. And in those days I couldn't I couldn't edit. There were like literally no reshoots. It was like, you know, Ed Wood or something. <laughs> I remember how angry I was. So oh I've written them down. They're messing around with potatoes. And eggs. And egg. Is it eggs? Is eggs. Is eggs. And I wrote down something about crisp and dry. Yeah, oh, so she's stacking <laughs> cooking oil, I think. Uh, what brand? I can't... Crisp and Dry? Which oh, is Crisp and Dry, yeah, the yeah. brand. Which right. was heavily advertised in the mm. 90s. I remember that thing yes. on TV all the time. There was like two shelves of it in the movie, like, yeah. bloody hell. And, yeah. and all the actors have since died from heart disease, but that's a different story. <laughs> Except for James Bennett. Yes. So Bennett uh, kicks one of the goons through uh, the pyramid of... Bagwell. Of, yeah, and uh, destroys all her work. The lady who's working there has carefully stacked all these products into a pyramid. <laughs> Foreshadowing, perhaps, but we'll get to that. I, I, I just thought it was like thoughtful of him to provide them the, the nicest, softest landing he could possibly could have in the whole shop. <laughs> Unless there's another pyramid made out of pillows somewhere else in Landis. Uh, I wrote down, gives him the gun. Something about a gun. Oh, that's the scene where we meet the bad guy boss and the bad, the bad oh, guy. Oh, Lachlan. Lachlan, is he the old fellow? Playboy, Michael Regan. Michael Regan, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... The laugh would be the worst, actually the worst actor I've ever seen. And I've watched Birdemic and Monsterd and The Room. He's worse than Wiseau. He's pretty, he's pretty... I think we got a good opening into like what it might be like working with these people during the bloopers. Where it shows how many takes it took the director to get him to say the lines even as bad as he does. <laughs> what they needed was a teleprompter. Yeah, Which that they yeah. do not appear to have had. No. <laughs> yeah, so Lachlan, that's it. Does it, something happens where he he like threatens a guy with a gun and then just gives it to oh, him yes. straight away? Yeah, he goes up to his lackey who's hanging outside of the caravan in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And no like, explanation for how this gang works or where <laughs> no. they are or what they do they're just there's a boss and some thugs and that's all we ever learn about them and then in the credits they're they're credited as like drug drug gang or yeah, something yeah they have they have one international dealing or two in, uh, over like with some business in Hong Kong we'll get to that later on with Seagull they, they also make 
multiple references to how lucrative their business is, talking about fancy cars <laughs> fancy driver, cars. which there are none. <laughs> the 92 uh, D-Reg. <laughs> semi-detached. Uh, yeah, like one very, story Yeah, they're cottage. in a very affordable looking house. <laughs> one story cottage. Uh, yes, it's a new um, Affordable, model. like, <laughs> even during the Celtic Tiger boom of 1990. I know, right? <laughs> one story cottage. So, yeah, it's, it's a bungalow. I'm so, so traumatised. Go <laughs> so he goes up to him and he says, like, uh, I don't pay you to stand around here scratching your arse. He's sitting down. I say, I don't pay you sitting down here scratching your arse. Take this gun. And he takes the gun. To the ridge, mound of dirt. <laughs> yeah, but he like he points the gun at him threateningly and yeah. then gives him the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just we're supposed to show he's a he's a hard boss, like. So then they take a call supposedly from Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do they mention that your man Siegel is coming over? Is that what that's about? Not till later. Not till later. I wrote down hay bales next. Yeah, because um there's just a bunch of hay bales where he lives, like, and he has his recollection of him and the dad like beating up this um his punching bag and then tossing hay bales around the bath like oh so he's uh, how, I've forgotten so much of this also the punch bag which is used multiple times it looks kind of like a giant doner kebab <laughs> it does, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> is he supplementing his income as a chef or just training really really hard <laughs> so during the black and white flashback I wrote nice. something about a ghost oh uh, shit um no, I can't remember anything about the ghost. Okay, this we, is a movie that we I know, watched and yet less I than an hour ago, and we cannot remember. No, there was nothing about the ghost little... there. Nothing about a ghost huh. that I remember. So next that I do remember is we cut to a scene with these ladies on the street putting their car oh, yeah, into yeah, yeah. A, an service ATM. Till. Service till call, yeah, called just service till. And didn't you gossiping? Know? They're gossiping. Yeah, yeah, about, that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah. But you notice that one of them leaves their card in the machine and walks off. Uh, well, they never get the money. Yeah, they're hanging by the ATM. They put them. They put the card in. They're gossiping about Jimmy Bennett. And there's the one Nicola. But her, I did notice that her, the actress's real name is Nicole. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like Nicole, so they yeah. gave her almost her real name, but although IMDb has a totally different name. In fact, IMDb has a, currently has a Paddy Paddy Green Paddy Green as as her name. Even though obviously huh. it's not, and that person is not mentioned. I looked up that name it. actually. That name would belong to a guy who was arrested for plenty of drug dealing up that part of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's weird. That's a few years ago. I know, I know. So here's a quote What could be more important than Mikey? Uh, the two goons uh, jump out of the car and say, like, Mikey wants to see you. And she's like, I've got oh, yeah. plans this evening. And she, oh, yeah. they're like, Oh, what could be more important than Mikey? Yeah. And then, and then she says, Sorry, tell, why don't you go be someone else's lackey? And then he, that's when he kicks the man over the wall. Oh, yeah. So we meet the druid. Oh, who's not he's actually creeping a druid. in the background. He's a, <laughs> he's a monk, but he looks like a druid. He's, he's yes. like the most stereotypical looking monk. You he can needs imagine. a good shave. Apart, he's, he's actually too hairy to be a, like, traditionally monks don't have beards and have some sort of haircut like a tonsure or something. Well, even but, the aerodynamics of, of his <laughs> moves are going to be. Well, he's never, he's never seen doing any martial arts. He's trained, he trains the main dude. Oh, but you never he, see him actually. He beats him with a stick. Yeah, but like sticks, it's yeah. who was it? Didn't one of you like mention the Kill Bill reference? Pyme. Yeah, the crew he's like religion. Pyme. Yes, he's not Pyme, but he's a long way from that. He could be, but a lot of training. And <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that during one of the scenes, this druid slash monk guy is in the background just looking. And he yeah, he turns out to be he looks absolutely uh, ridiculous. Just, just as an aside to show Ali's dedication here to, to the podcast, he was actually opening a beer. As, uh, <laughs> that's the sound that you hear. Just to explain that. Credit me properly, I'm opening another beer. <laughs> another beer. 
It's oh, I hear something I thought, and I wrote this down. When you meet the, the gang, right, and they're not really introduced properly, and you don't find out what they do, but it's just assumed like, eh, there's a boss, there's a gang, you know what they do. That actually reminded me of, you know, real martial arts movies from the East, like Godfrey Ho movies, where that's always what happens. There's always a drug dealing gang, but they, they only exist to be bad guys. They don't do anything. You're not explained. Nothing is explained. I think it's a bit different, though. Like, I mean, if this was a labor of love, you think your man would have put a bit more work into the script because he was finding his own movie, whereas Godfrey Ho was pretty much just splicing bits yeah, and pieces all over the place. Yeah, that's actually fair. I would actually hold this guy in somewhat higher regard than Godfrey Ho because Godfrey Ho is actually a very cynical filmmaker. He's just, he was just, like, cranking out as many as he could for his job, whereas this guy, yeah, you're right, it was a labor of love. And, and it meant more to him than that, I'd say. Though he has been in a couple of movies I saw again on IMDb. Um, yeah, he is actually. One in 2009, one in 2014. Mm -hmm. uh, some sort of martial arts. I must admit I didn't uh, dig any further. But. <laughs> I just, it struck me as a, an unusually authentic touch. Whether it was meant or not, I don't know. Oh, another point about the druids, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they have this, like, you know, the parchment scroll is supposed to be kind of old as they are, right? Oh, yeah. You know? But the Parchment Scroll is printed on A4 paper, quite clearly. <laughs> what about the scene where, like, he gets invited to the tournament? And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in his house with the girlfriend, and, the, like, she's talking to her, and then the doorbell rings, and standing there is, like, this ridiculous-looking monk holding, handing him this, like, ancient... Well, and you can't even see his face. It's, yeah, it's, and the, it's... handing him the flaky parchment, and he turns back to the girl, and she's like, what happened? Oh, I just got invited to a tournament. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, it's big news, like, the Bialt's in a tournament, because whoever wins a tournament... He's so chilled about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explain about which, the by the way, means August tournament. I mean, <laughs> just, just in case you think that, that was some. Uh, well, Bealtaine was the name of an old pagan festival. That's where the yes. Part, part but it wasn't was a no holds barred like <laughs> lords over by the druids of the town. Like, and whoever whoever won this uh, Bealtaine tournament uh, got control of the, the town. Like. Yeah. Also, something which so is not slaves the town. So I essentially, mean, yes. Also, something which is never explained. The gangsters constantly say, "Yeah, whoever can wins the Bealtaine tournament will control the town." What? How? I don't know, but so much respect. In fairness, like, the, a lot, all the townspeople show up for the end. They, they seem to be into the fight at the end. Kind so, of. Like, kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, the sound effects that make it sound like the crowd are there. There were sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, originally you see the, the, the parchment, and it's, like, clearly printed in A4 paper, and he's hammering it into a tree with a rock and a nail. Which an yeah, environment, environment would not be too happy about today, I would have <laughs> No, no, I wasn't. As an environmentalist, I was unhappy with that scene. So then we get the epic scene where Lachlan, the bad guy boss, says his, delivers his awesome quote. No, I, oh, why? Oh, I've got it here. Where is it? The son of the man. Oh, yeah, it's underneath all here. your beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I edit in the sound of clinking bottles. <laughs> why not? Wouldn't it be ironic to have the son of the man I killed working for us? I don't think you sounded quite me enough. Could you try that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he wants to get... Uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Barry. No, the main guy. Bennett. Bennett. He wants to get Bennett. I just called him, just called him Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote down. I'm maybe it said Barrett in the text and they just got it wrong. It's Bennett. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah he wants, maybe the movie's wrong, not us. He wants to get... Bannish <laughs> working for him because it would be ironic and then the girlfriend gives Bennett a tart to say thanks yeah yeah I mean like you said it looks like it was from Landis is it like actually covered in that dust fairy dust up top then yeah it oh, is okay. yeah. sugar oh, sorry I was going to say like is it, is it still <laughs> fairy dust <laughs> what kind of tart are you <laughs> and where can I get one 
And it comes with free hugs. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it's not covered in like wrap or anything, is it? No, no, no. no. Okay. So then he takes her to the fun fair. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Enjoy the fun of the fair. It's just and it, looks, it looks like uh, fun land. You, see, <laughs> you can see the spinning cat behind you. You see the, the, the scumbag in the umbro top. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote like, that down too. <laughs> he looks like he was just filmed just standing around there. Like. And they go on a ride called the Ministry of Sound. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> was that when they went on oh, the bumper cars? Yeah, yeah, that the goes on forever. Oh, and yeah, there's one of those really awkward scenes where I just like something that probably isn't that important it seems to be emphasized because the director spends way too long on it and the music becomes really intense and frantic it kind of looks and like the, an lsd trip yeah the colors yeah. get really psychedelic but nothing they're just having a nice day nothing really is important <laughs> is happening in this scene i think what they were trying to lure us into a you know false sense of security what about the yeah. romantic picnic they have <laughs> which is the empty it's got an empty wine bottle an apple two bananas and eight oranges wow that's you're, that's you're dedicated picnic. ellie <laughs> you're dedicated <laughs> you counted all the oranges uh, it's really? almost like you have too much time in your head. <laughs> so the film does a pretty good uh, um, job of cluing us into the fact that they've been going out for a while, like several Three days, days, maybe. Okay, a few days, right? And they've they've had they spent a lot of time together. Well, when she when I guess this isn't giving away too much. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> when her life spoiler alert, turn the uh, radio off. I think after eighteen when, years, when it's her fine. life is in jeopardy later in the movie, and he's having a kind of uh, oh, yeah. montage montage of thoughts, and it seems as if they spent years together, and then you think, but they've only known each other three days. <laughs> and one of the memories they recollected fondly is they're escaping for the lives of the motorbike, which he's able to balance on oh, yeah. and shoot people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He remembers like yeah, that actually comes in like when he's fondly remembering. <laughs> he remembers like when they were chased for their lives. It would have been funny if. He, his remembering of that like had him being way better and cooler at like balancing on the bike and shooting all that guy but he also remembers the picnic which happened five minutes ago in the movie <laughs> <laughs> well the bit I liked is when it, it basically is clear that they've been hanging around a lot and they know each other and then he turns to her and says so tell me something about yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what's like, your name you know they've been sleeping together at this point and yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> tell me something about yourself anything what's your favourite colour you know when she gets that she gets kidnapped he gets that note like saying um, loose or else <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe it's a nod to like memento where you know it jumps back and forth in time probably not but it's not even loose it's just like loose or else <laughs> he's gonna save the druid who's supposed to be a kung fu expert as well been taking down two lads so I'm on page three of my notes and we've actually we've actually covered most of, of the stuff on this already I, I think, actually, I haven't taken any notes, which makes me feel bad, <laughs> because you bought a reams of paper in front of you, and I'm just... Yes, but I don't remember anything I wrote down. <laughs> like, here's if I was on my own, I'd just be reading, like... Here's a couple of odd points in the movie I found, right? One, Lachlan is, like, uh, this, this big-time boss, and there's always this inexplicable gong that goes off before we get back to his bungalow, right? <laughs> I wrote down that it sounds like a Shaw Brothers movie, like, you know, Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it goes back to the main boss's headquarters, and one time, like, he, he comes back in after the uh, bar fight that one of the baddies comes in, the henchman. He's like, what the fuck is this? Who's beating up my men? Bed net. But he's arranging a vase of pot puree and not even yeah, like real is. flowers. What, what the fuck? Pot, pot puree? Pot puree? Pot puree. Oh, very nice. <laughs> hey, maybe that could be the sequel. Isn't it potpourri? Is yes, that, oh, pot puree, whatever, yes. I, I, no, I haven't even seen that stuff since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> they shut up shop soon after that movie. A couple of, oh, yes. Oh, Bennett um, brings Nicola into his gaff like first. And he's, like, he can't complete the sentence without pausing, so he says... Sorry, the place is still a bit of a... 
mess. <laughs> he went to the William Shatner School of Speaking. Or, or the Christopher Walken. He graduated with honors from the Shatner School of, of Speaking. Here's some memorable quotes. Beer. Oh yeah, I wrote that down. He gets a Smithix. In a Steiner mug. That's like an ale. <laughs> <laughs> what about the druids in the bar? The druids are in the yeah, bar, yeah. Just having the crack down the back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the druids are, well, not druids, but monks make beer. Like, that's common. I thought you were going to say monks are people too. <laughs> <laughs> Nun, nuns are people too. <laughs> Fuck you and your gun, you prick. <laughs> and he says that to the barman who pulls a double barrel shotgun out from behind the bar. Yes, which, this little rural, yeah, you know, Irish town. This is me. This is city. not like Chicago. <laughs> oh, um, I don't pay you to stand around. Or uh, sit around scratching your arse. It's actually said twice in the movie because Michael Graham says it later on to the guy huh. with the uni bro. Someone calls someone a putty ass bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> and then uh, the monk, one of the monks disappears. Remember that? Oh, in the bar. Yeah. Uh, I remember there's two when he when he walks in, suddenly standing at the table. I don't remember uh, if there were still two there. <laughs> And I'm sure that was the only continuity error though in this movie. <laughs> so, oh, oh, oh yeah, he, get, he gets. Uh, Bennett has to go show up for training midday in the in the woods, like. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. your man comes with, up with, with the, the druid. Yeah, with the druid. <laughs> your man, the druid comes up with a bottle of water, throws it in his face, throws the, the clothes down, saying "Change clothes," and then just starts playing bagpipes while he's training. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> There's no reason. Was it illin pipes or bagpipes? I think illin pipes. It must be illin pipes. It must be illin pipes. There's no reason that he should have to change his clothes though. That's not explained <laughs> either. It's just like change your clothes. <laughs> At least he wasn't made eat rice, you know, using his what is it chopsticks or something? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do that in Ireland, did they? <laughs> They did, they did it in Kill Bill. <laughs> uh, remember, there was a magic moment when Mikey Graham, as, as one of the gang members, is doing coke. And Tom, you, you thought for a moment that the carrot he was using... Was it Dunn's? Was it Dunn's loyalty carrot? We can't confirm that that's the case, but I yes. choose to believe it, because that was yes. absolutely magical. Yes. It's did possible. Have... It's anything is possible in this movie. Oh, did they have them back in 98, though? Maybe oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. When did it start? I'd anyway, say about we didn't that. do it from the time of the podcast. But. If, you oh. remember, if you remember the Father Ted Christmas special from 1997, the, the opening scene where they get lost in the lingerie bit is, is in the Duns. And the, the colour scheme that's used there is the same as those loyalty cards because I used to have them. Proof enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't anyone look that up because oh, yes. you don't need to. The one, the one point of the movie was weird near, at, near the end of the, the movie. The one point. The one point. Okay. One of the weirder points was when he's, it, it's coming to the climax of the movie. Like he's running to get the girl. Like, and um, there's a man in a cowboy hat who goes into the bath. Right, that's the producer. Oh, oh really? Harman. The naked yeah. guy with the yeah, you left out the key operative. <laughs> he's naked except for Stark his cowboy hat. stackers. He's stackers. Yeah, I didn't he's, feel he's never introduced. He's never reintroduced. That's it. He's in the bath no. and then runs away. Very well, the bath is outside, and it's like and that happens during the climax as well, like when the final showdown is happening, and he's in the bad guy base, which is a quarry. Because obviously someone on the production team likes the movie Raw Deal. <laughs> yeah, yes. But he's in a bath. I can't remember what's heating the bath. So the bath's outside. Yeah, oh, it's is on it, top it, of a fire or something, isn't it? Yeah, but it's bizarre. It looks, it looks dangerous. It looks <laughs> so the training montage, Ali, you were talking about, has staggeringly inappropriate music. And, uh, oh yes, uh, the, the, the druid is beating him in the stomach <laughs> with the sticks while he's holding up three different logs, like with his hands and his knees. But not with it, he's not beating with a huge amount of commitment. It's no, he's, like not, he's <laughs> And he's doing this Russian. because somebody on the production team has seen Kickboxer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe Bloodsport. <laughs> and they've copied all the lines, like all the, all the cheesy lines from those 80s action movies. Like when he crashes the car, he's like, 
there goes the driver's license. Or when he kicks someone down the ridge, he's like, enjoy the slide. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Ali just did air quotations. Nice. <laughs> the ridge is not a real ridge. He also appears to, Bennett appears to get shot at one point towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And it propels him down this famous ridge, um, except he's perfectly fine then. Yeah. In the next scene, there is no... No bullet wound. So you, didn't you, you were very specific there, Ali, when you said that he had to go for training at midday. Because he does. Because the monk says to him, meet me tomorrow at midday. Where? (laughs) It's a small town. And then then, uh, Bennett is left waiting, surrounded by midges. (laughs) Yes, he is actually surrounded by midges. He's out in the the woods somewhere and somehow the camera just picks up the fact that he's probably been eaten alive. (laughs) By midges. The, the, the biggest thing we haven't talked about, obviously, is the fight scenes. You know, the people all around. What, one guy's wearing, like, a US flag or something, and he's come to fight in Trim, County Me, the Belgian Festival. So it's one must think it's circuit. like, yeah, it's, it's like Mortal Kombat, really, I guess, except yeah. in Trim. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down a quote here where someone says, I can have anyone. Is that what Mike Graham says Mike to Graham He's says threatening that, her to, you know, stay away from Bennett. So that's after the bad guy's kidnapper, isn't it? Isn't there, is there a bit where he shoots the guy in the bike? And then leaves the girl behind in the, during the car chase. Yeah, yes. she, she's just kind of wandering around the middle of the road, even though there's nobody actually keeping her there for a time. And then they catch <laughs> like her. she could have escaped. Yeah, she also could have been knocked down, but, but <laughs> she didn't seem concerned. She gets on the bike, and it doesn't. I, I can't remember when she gets off it, but he manages to stand on the bike for ages while it's still driving, shooting everything that moves in his back. Is that because he's actually standing on the back of a truck, but the camera is, is like... Well, you know, those movie-making techniques, I don't know, you know, you know more than I would, dude. In fairness, the the car chase is probably the the most extravagant part of the movie, like... Well, that's where the guns and the motorcycles come into it, like, the tagline. Well, guns is generous, the air rifles. (laughs) (laughs) The little pop guns, maybe. Uh, Also, he shoots a biker on the other side of the road who may or may not have been in that gang. Yeah, yeah, that scene is incredible, where... He pulls onto a road where he hasn't been before, and a guy who he hasn't seen before yeah. shows up on a bike. He's wearing a helmet. And he shoots him, yeah. None, none of the other guys are wearing helmets. None of no. the other biker goons. So, yeah, so, so Lachlan has access to you know, vast reserves of gang members who are willing to <laughs> drive around on. What, what kind and of, members of the public. What kind of, what kind of machines were they? they looked, some uh, of them they sounded like mopeds. They did sort of look like. Okay, motorcycles, I don't know. I think someone stuck two buns in a hairdryer and just called it a vehicle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Called it a bit. So our, our hero gets told by the monks that if he wins the tournament, he'll break the power of the gang. Again. What? How? Yeah. Why, no why, why does everything hinge on this tournament? Uh, I think people will have to watch it and find out from, to make their own surmisations. Yeah. So uh, while Nicola is kidnapped, he has the nostalgic recollections and the song playing is called The Feeling Inside. Oh, yeah. Or this feeling inside, and we have, we don't know if that's Mikey Graham or not, but it could be. I'm assuming. I mean, he's the only singer in this movie. I mean, they wouldn't surely hire another singer. Mm. Maybe we should see if we can get it on Spotify and enjoy the soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a beach scene during the recollection as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta have a beach scene. It ain't a real movie unless unless that happens. Birdemic had a beach scene. So then we cut to the tournament in the castle. Yeah. This is the Beltonen tournament. Yes. And it's not, you know, it's not bad. There's quite a lot of extras there. Probably all his everyone's friends and family came out for that. And the only thing I will say about it is it's it's filmed in a darkly lit set and 
they, they didn't have the kind of camera like you need good expensive cameras to build the film at night or in low light conditions and well you need some lighting which they did not, <laughs> they did not to include it looks like everything is grainy and green and hard to see so but it does add to the atmosphere let's throw in a couple of positives yeah, here yeah uh, I, I quite liked the fighting in the, in the scene thought they were, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, bad it wasn't the worst, yeah. but the, 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 basically some of the shots they clearly had like a lot of people on that day and then other shots for most of the fighting there's really bad crowd sounds falling in. Yeah. Like, sound, <laughs> the only thing I'll say about it is like they really overdid it and it sounds like there's way more people there than you see yeah. in the shots of the crowd and if they toned that down a little bit it might have been a bit more convincing so here our hero goes to the fight wearing his dad's tracksuit Yes. Yeah. Which is a nice touch. Presumably unwashed and so kind of moldy <laughs> after languishing in the washing machine now for twenty years. <laughs> uh, anything any thoughts about the fights? Well they were I mean that was they were alright actually, yeah. Probably yep. the best part of the movie. Probably was, the best uh, part of the movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he gets to the last fight with this guy called Seagull. Yeah. Who is huge. Yeah, he's a big guy. The final boss. Yeah. And uh, during that fight, uh, he someone uses makes a call on a giant brick of a mo- 1998 mobile phone. Yes. And he manages to beat the two lads while it's in the air, thrown up in the air fighting, <laughs> and he manages to answer it. But who are they calling? I mean... The boss. For backup? Lachlan. Lachlan, I suppose, yeah. So uh, he escapes the fight, uh, or he beats, he beats Seagull, but then he chases him outside of the ring, and then he ends up at the bad guy base, which is a kind of a... That's where the naked guy is in the back. Yeah, that's where he meets the naked guy in the back. <laughs> Whose idea? I would love to know who's such a... Oh, yeah, wrote that in. What are the scobes wearing a Metallica Ride the Lightning t-shirt? Yeah, like? yeah, one of the thugs has a Metallica Ride the <laughs> Lightning t-shirt. A touch of class, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Here's one scope I wanted to live. Oh, and there was some kind of... They all start shooting at each other at this point. Like, there's a lot of foliage and shooting effects and Shotguns, stuff like that. Shotguns, M16s. Yeah. And there's, there's like a kid, he, he can't be more than 14 years old, but he's supposed to be like a member of the gang and he's on a ridge with like... <laughs> a big white puffer jacket, is it? No, he's just like wearing a t-shirt, but he has like, it's supposed to be like a, a shotgun. But like he's even, there's the noise, it's like, like he's reload, like the whole thing is out of sync. Yes, yeah, the dude with the white puffer jacket. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. And, and some of them are like kind of doing Matrix stuff when they're shooting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Which 1998 predates the Matrix slightly. They could have a copyright claim. When did Matrix come in? Was it 99 or 2000? Yeah. No, it wasn't 2000. That was yeah, maybe mm, I think it's it's, a, it's 99 at the latest. It's probably 99. Or yeah. at the earliest. Sorry. If only we had access to a database that if would give only. us this information. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If only we all had computers in our pockets that could so tell us anything. He gets he gets. I mean, ultimately manages to beat the baddies and gets the girl. Like you know, same old schlock. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's been 18 years you haven't seen the movie tough <laughs> and then what does he do when he's succeeded he has another picnic yeah. yes yeah so hopefully with a bit you know a he, bit well he has another picnic where he's accosted by <laughs> Lachlan who oh yes he very quickly turns the tables on him and like brutally <laughs> Mur- murders, murders him scratches him yes and then like they seem to pretty much go back to having their picnic with his yeah. dead body next to yeah. completely unperturbed <laughs> and by I don't want, the yeah. man just murdered next to her oranges and <laughs> Her eight oranges. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be ageist, but like a lot of movies have this where, you know, he fights, the, the good guy fights the main heavy and then you think it's over and then the actual bossy organization shows up and somehow the sting is taken out of it by him being a very kind of out of shape Dumpy middle-aged. Looking, yeah. Not middle-aged, dude. like 60. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm being generous. <laughs> he just doesn't look like any kind of action guy who would ever go out and do these things himself. No. And he's physically not threatening. So is the ones you least suspect. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like the fact that they're on this, they're on it like in a field basically, having their picnic, where they can see around them 
you know, pretty well. And then the camera cuts in and they have a conversation. And then it pulls out again and, like, Lachlan is right beside him with a gun in his face. Like, yeah. there's no... Like, yeah, they, yeah. Why would you they must have them? seen him, like, climb over a hedge somewhere and walk for about ten minutes to get there. <laughs> yeah. So if you were to give this movie a rating, off the wagon rating, but it has to be reverse of a normal rating, right? right. Well, I, so the shittier the movie, the better the rating. I would go and, I would go differently and just say, like, if it's, is it fun? You know, because, like... Major fun. There's different kind of bad movies. There's movies that just have no, nothing interesting in them that are really cynically made, like Godfrey Home movies. Is. And then there's movies that are made with a bit of heart or people who genuinely meant it. And they're they're kind of fun or entertaining for whatever reason, and so I'd mark it on that level, and I'd I'd give it like give it a seven. It's fun. Let me put it another way: Would you pay nine euro to go see it today in the cinema? I think I would actually. Yes. Yeah, I'd actually, would? I know yeah. I have friends like this guy, so no. <laughs> I get I a few would. people around. Yeah, I'd give it I'd give it an eight and a half. Good man. Very entertaining. I've seen it three times now. I'd watch it again. I know you would. Uh, if I was a member of the trim. Tourism board, I might not be 100% happy with it, but... Uh, if you were on the board for Landis? You know, maybe that, uh, that cooking oil seemed to do well out of it. Um, I haven't heard of them since. Yeah, I don't really get your scale. I'm going to say I'm not going to watch this again. And, give it a rating, uh, give it a number. I'm going to give it a solid two out of ten on my normal bad scale. It's not without, you know, redeemable features, though. But... I can't really think of any right now. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Any final thoughts? Uh, watch this movie and have a much drink with it. Okay, cool. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thank you. Signing out. Welcome back, Seagull. How did it go in Hong Kong? Everything is done. Good. I have another little job for you. Change clothes. Listen, I don't want him in this tournament, right? And kill that mad monk.